Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 998, air date November 19th, Hello, everyone. Good afternoon to people on YouTube, Facebook, uh, our own platform, by the way, vashiva.tv, which we've just launched, and to people on Instagram, Twitch, and a bunch of other channels we're live streaming, streaming up. Today, we're going to be talking uh, and essentially providing a systems analysis of looking at what just happened uh, with the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Kyle Rittenhouse, as some of you may know, uh, the jury found him unanimously uh, not guilty. And clearly, when you look at the evidence that took place, it was presented. Um, one, there are a number of people arguing these chart. You know, this shouldn't. The, the, frankly, the uh, there was really no investigation done uh, before even charges were made. So there's one part there. The other part is clearly this was self-defense by any means that you look at this. And we'll discuss more about that. But there's a deeper issue that we're going to be talking about. And that deeper issue is what we want to educate everyone on using the systems approach. So uh, what I want to discuss today is really um, using this opportunity to educate everyone. First of all, there's the apparent issue that just took place moments ago, which is um, a, a young man was rightfully, in my opinion, um, uh, found not guilty uh, because it was self-defense. But the bigger issue is how the elites, and that's what we want to talk about, are always about creating conditions to divide and rule us. And what we'll realize is whatever you look at this situation, the events that led to it, the elites always try to create a no-win situation to split apart black and white people. And it's a divide and rule model. And so as a part of today's agenda, I wanna, first of all, really talk about this dynamics of divide and rule, the dynamics of how censorship works in that. So you don't have any dialogue and you, you can see that's what the press did here. He was convicted long before any trial even took place or when the trial was taking place. So this and that censorship serves to make one set of the population feel disenfranchised. And again, that's where the divide and rule comes in. The other piece I want to talk about is um, and we're not, we're not going to do this in any particular order, how the elites create the conditions for divide and rule. So what 
we're seeing right now, long before the Rittenhouse case, long before you know the uh, the actual case, there are many events that were put into place that go back probably 50 years, leading to this important point that are really about creating the conditions for divide and rule. I I, I will, as a part of this, um, also uh, bring out the real issues of racism. The elites, by the way, censor any real discussion on racism. So the left and right is always divided. One group uh, talks about racism in a very limited landscape and the other group uh, does not even um, uh, want to uh, acknowledge racism exists. So the real discourse on racism never takes place. And we'll talk about that because the elites are very clever at consolidating knowledge and power and what the narratives actually are. And that's also what led up to the events of today. And ultimately what we want to talk about it, all of this is against working people, whether it's in Kenosha, whether it's in Newark, New Jersey, whether it's in, you know, Chennai, India or Bosnia. Ultimately what we see is the, as we talked about the British crown and the example of World War I, why they have brought Harry here. It's really about executing this principle of divide and rule so working people do not unite. And we'll talk about that as a part of this. And ultimately, we want to really talk about how the press is always utilized by the elites to create this dialectic or this division. And then as a part of that, I want to also review in this context how this goes back a long way before Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse and the, and the working people of this country are ultimately victims of this, black and white, because each one of these conditions, the elites are very clever. They control the Petri dish of reactions, okay? They're like the alchemists in the sense they control this Petri dish. They're able to inject stuff into this Petri dish to create conditions where we all wanna be at each other's throats. And that's what they did is, for example, we'll talk about what occurred um, John, in World War One, okay? We'll talk about, or what we reviewed in World War One, how the British actually uh, perpetrated World War One, created it, got the British people hating the German people, okay? This is by design. And the conviction, or the, um, not the conviction, the results of this lawsuit are important to understand because on the one hand, justice was served, but it should never have even gotten to this point, okay? So before I go there, I always like to start with this video because one of my intentions is that everyone listening and all of us start recognizing that those in power create the conditions of divisions, in this case, black versus white, you know, quote unquote, black nationalism versus white nationalism, branding people, right? Using the media to make sure discussion is suppressed. So one group gets angry at another group. And that's fundamentally the dynamic, but that dynamic and those interconnections between the press, the elites, those in power, and the analysis I'm gonna provide you can only be elicited if we take a systems approach, which goes beyond left and right. And that systems approach is what, you know, I spend a lot of time uh, doing these videos, but it's ultimately focused on teaching you or making sure that you become a leader a leader in taking the systems approach. So John's gonna break this very short video, which will give you a, a particular glimpse of why we need to take a systems approach in understanding this. And then we're gonna come right back and I'm gonna give you my systems analysis. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal 
is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have they don't okay. this reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people there's only one movement that can do that and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution, and that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders we don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to vashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. 
And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Uh, the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to vashiva, Victory America Shiva, vashiva.com. All right, so let's take a systems approach to understanding what took place. And remember, when we take a systems approach, we want to use it to see the interconnection between the parts. So one of the things we teach uh, in looking, taking a systems approach is we wanna uh, not look at things as left or right, black or white, uh, meaning division. We wanna look at a situation in an objective way, but look at the interconnections between things. And the interconnections we wanna look at here are the press, the motivation of the elites. We wanna look at the timeline of history. We wanna look at some important issues like racism. What is racism? And we wanna recognize that those in academia for many, many years have put forward what they believe everything should be talked about and what is uh, right speech and what is not right speech, essentially to control speech. So these many dynamic elements are the points that led to uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's um, situation and what is likely going to occur after. And I'll make some predictions on that. So first of all, we want to take a systems approach. So the first thing we want to understand is, you know, what is the real issue here? Okay. Well, there's two sort of real issues. Uh, one is the real issue um, in the last, you know, I think hour or less that a young boy was acquitted. And clearly when you look at what was presented, the prosecution has to ha had to have made an, uh, uh, an argument that was beyond any type of doubt, right? But they couldn't. What did come up clearly was this was clearly self-defense. And the other issue was he was clearly defending himself and he had every right to, to do that. And more importantly was the, the, those uh, who the prosecution was representing who, uh, and you look at their records, these guys had some serious criminal records. You know, they were not squeaky clean like Rittenhouse. So when you look at the apparent facts, it was, first of all, in my view, I don't even think that there was any investigation conducted to even charge him properly. Okay. It shouldn't have even got to this lawsuit situation. Um, and the second issue was clearly self-defense. And luckily the jury got that. All right. But there's a much deeper issue that we want to discuss today. Because if we don't discuss this deeper issue, we're going to not understand that it is those in power which created the conditions that even got to this point. And if you go look on social media right now, you'll see this massive division. One set of people relieved that Kyle Rittenhouse was, you know, uh, you know, was found not guilty, and a whole nother set of people who are saying, you know, this is awful. 
you know, we need to eliminate the Second Amendment. Uh, this was not self-defense. This is, again, uh, white privilege and so on, okay? No one wanting to look at the reality even of what took place. And so you're going to have further division. And so we want to talk about that, right? So, and the reason we want to look at that is that the real deeper issue here is divide and rule, okay? The elites have mastered the art of creating conditions, chemical reactions, you, you may want to say. And if you want to take an engineering or scientific approach, imagine you're a scientist and you're you or a biologist and have a little Petri dish. You can create the conditions there and different things will grow based on the conditions you create. Well, most working people, we don't control these conditions. The amount of people who have access to the media, immense amount of wealth, um, they can create these conditions. As we showed a few days ago, if you go back to World War I, we looked at how the group, that's what they were called in the 1800s, led by um, Cecil Rhodes, led by Britain, how they created the conditions to vilify Germany because Germany was rising as a power. And that is not, that dynamic is not that different than how the press was vilifying and being the judge and jury on Kyle Rittenhouse, right? So they were creating these conditions for essentially division. So in the, in the, in the case of World War I, the British crown, by the way, which hates the First Amendment, hates the Second Amendment, they created the conditions to vilify Germany. They use the press, they use novelists, they use all sorts of media, and they use immense amounts of power. Bankers in the US funded them, but to create this Petri dish, the alchemy, starting the 1890s, to create the conditions that eventually a spark would take place, you see? And one of the things we wanna understand, the quote unquote conspiracy here is not the exact the elites, in my opinion, do not map everything out to the detail. They don't need to do that. They just need to create the conditions. And when the conditions are created, they wait for a spark to start a fire. Okay. So in world, in, if you go back and look a few videos ago, the conditions that the elites created then was starting in 1890, they started vilifying Germany, Kaiser Wilhelm II, because they wanted a war with Germany because Britain did not want anyone coming up to Germany's level. So they made William Kaiser Wilhelm II evil. Um, they put out news stories about this and they did that in the 1890s, 1900s, 1910. And then they had the opportunity with the assassination of uh, Franz Ferdinand. That was a spark they needed to justify the war um, with with uh, Germany. And same thing in the US, the bankers and the elites created the conditions, they vilified Germany. They had invested a lot in bankrolled uh, the war. And then when the Lusitania was torpedoed, which was carrying munitions, they used that to go attack Germany. So understand this dynamic, okay? And that's why I want all of you to, for yourself, take an opportunity to go to truthfreedomhealth.com, learn the dynamics of systems. So this is a dynamic, the elites think 10 steps ahead. They're very, very clever at creating conditions. Okay. They create the conditions. And then when the spark occurs, they just fuel, you know, that spark. So here, what were the conditions? So the conditions here, here were the recognition that those in power know this dynamic. Number one, they know the dynamics of divide and rule. And who are those in power? As we talked about, 
It is at the top of this pile, what we call the elites are the academics. Today in the world, two institutions in my research and my investigation really control the dialogue, the dynamics of history, how to frame any problem, racism, right? And that is one institution is in England by the name of Oxford, and the other institution is in the United States, a sister institution named Harvard. Harvard and Oxford, and you go back, remember, Harvard existed before the revolution. So they have deep ties to the British crown. But the model here is divide and rule. And, you know, I was born in India, um, and the British were extremely clever at executing divide and rule in India. The British came to India with nothing as paupers, but they ended up controlling India. How did they do that? Well, they got all the kings fighting against each other uh, in India prior to British rule. You know, Muslims and Hindus and Christians all lived, frankly, in peace. But colonialism divided all these people up, had all the people fighting against each other. And while they were fighting against each other, Britain essentially robbed India. Okay, it's a divide and rule model. They reimposed the caste system, as history shows. That same policy of divide and rule was also used in the United States when the you know the colonists you know or the, or the colonialists first arrived here. Okay, what did they do? You know, because they brought with them the remnants of divide and rule in the United States or before the United States was even formed. They were very clever. They had black slaves fighting against the poor white settlers fighting against the Native Americans. These three groups they made sure were always fighting against each other while they were extracting immense amounts of wealth, okay? So whether you look at the, what the British did divide and rule in India, their, you know, their, you know, their progenitors did the same thing or their um, people who came to the United States or at that time to the colonies here continued that policy of divide and rule. So one of the dynamics we wanna recognize here that those in power do not want unity among races of people they do not particularly want unity among working people. Those people, like everyday people, black and white and yellow and brown, people actually work for a living. And as you know today, as I've talked about, today there are two American pies in the United States. Over the last 50 years, what's actually happened is the American working class has been devastated, be it in places like Kenosha, be it places like Newark, New Jersey, be it places like Boston. And, and it's been done through having people, men fighting women, blacks fighting white, while over here, the raping of the American working class, since we're talking about the United States has been taking place. And this is occurring, this dynamic is occurring in every country. So since 1970, for example, and to today, and if you look at the dynamic of, of what's going on, nearly 50 trillion, 47 trillion to be specific, according to the Rand Corporation of Wealth, was funneled from working people's salaries upward to the 5%. So today there's two American pies, the 95% of everyday working people, black and white, who are essentially, uh, whose wages, if you're making about $50,000 today, you should be making 120K. And that's literally come from the elites raping working class people's wages and sending it over to people like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, et cetera. So there's a, a, a big American pie over here of the 5% and a very little small American pie for the 95%. 25% of Americans, 22.8, if you actually look at the actual data, are unemployed, 22.8%. The wages of Americans are literally been devastated, okay? So none of that is talked about. And how is this done? 
how is this divide and rule process done? Number, it's, it's done, number one, by controlling the dialogue, okay, censorship. Number two, as a part of that, you ensure that censorship always leads to a dialectic, pro or anti, okay? And the real problem is never addressed, and we also always pr promote a fake problem and a fake solution. So the real problem, the real solution are never addressed. So let's talk about, in this context, with Kyle Rittenhouse, what led up to this, as many of you know, the days before uh, Kyle Rittenhouse had to defend himself, there was a, a set of incidents that took place where a, uh, a, 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 a black individual was essentially attacked police officers and the police officers essentially had to, you know, uh, unfortunately resulted in a fatality. That led to a set of protests that were gonna take place. And Kyle Rittenhouse came to that event by his testimony to essentially protect that community there from potentially uh, all the uh, you know events that we've seen take place elsewhere, people burning down businesses, et cetera, okay? But what led to those events, okay? Uh, what led to this divide? So we need to step back a little bit and really look at the understanding of racism. In the United States, there has really been no real discourse on racism. Black people, white people, brown people, yellow, whatever your race has, there has been no open dialogue about racism. Let me re repeat that again. Divide and rule, as I mentioned, works through the dynamic of censorship. So when you censor some very complex topic and you just get make it black and white, people get really upset because they feel they really can't have dialogue. So in the United States, and you, with the use of these leaders, and we could probably trace back all these papers written by you know professors at Harvard and Oxford. By the way, many of these guys who write these papers are either you know old white guys or you know Jewish people or Chinese people or Indian people. You know, rarely black people and everyday working class people. Okay, if you really look at the, someone should do a demographic analysis of the people who are writing papers on racism at Oxford and Harvard. You'll find them more than likely not being poor whites or poor black people, okay? It's people from all these other backgrounds who frankly know nothing about racism or nothing about what it, what it feels like to be an oppressed individual. Yet those people write these papers and using those papers and those articles, you know, that they get published in these journals, they define what racism is. And over the last you know, 60, 70 years, they have defined racism to be the following, okay? They've defined racism to be if you use the N-word. If you use the N-word, you must be a white supremacist, okay? And look, growing up in the United States, growing up in Jersey, I was called the N-word, but I never thought of that as racism. I thought of that as just ignorance, okay? But that's what they equate to racism. And then yet they allow people like Elizabeth Warren to claim that she's a Native American. You see, in my view, that is a real racism. So they have defined a very, very effed up version of racism. In fact, a very narrow view of racism so they can pit actually blacks against whites. So for example, and their solution to solving racism is fake solutions like affirmative action, which actually pitted poor blacks against poor whites together. Okay. 
And more importantly, the elites, once they construct, remember, they're creating the conditions. First, they construct their narrative of what is racism, okay? And by the way, they're the biggest racists, and we'll talk about that. Then they give their proposed solution, which is a fake solution. Oh, uh, you know, we need affirmative action, for example. And there's other fake solutions like these. And then what happens in this model is they very, very cleverly ensure the leaders who talk about, let's say, this issue racism or the solutions are their chosen leaders coming from the crown or the royalty. So in India, for example, as the Indian people were starting to unite and rise up in the 1920s, wanting to kick out the British crown, wanting real freedom, what did the British do? They projected onto the British, onto the Indian people, someone called Gandhi, Gandhi, who was a British agent. They put among the Indian people, a guy called Nehru, who they made their prime minister, who was essentially an Indian guy who was literally banging the emperor of England's wife, okay? So let me repeat that again. The Those in power choose the leaders that are acceptable to them to create those conditions to keep people oppressed. So in the Indian case, they divide and ruled everyone. They took over India. And then when the people wanting to rise up and unite, what do they do? They impose on them their leaders. Gandhi was an agent of the British. He told the Indian people, it's good to get your head bashed in. Nonviolent nonsense, right? It's not good to defend yourself. And then Gandhi served to bring in an appointed prime minister. The British liked a guy who was in no way the enemy of the British. He was a friend with the British. He He was so friendly. He was actually screwing the former British emperor's wife, okay? That's how incestuous these people are. Now you look at the American situation. There was a righteous rising up against racism in this country. And it was at a time when it wasn't just black people rising up. We need to understand if we actually go look at the history of the 1900s, starting at that time, women wanted universal suffrage for blacks and women, okay? Universal suffrage, not only for women. And what did the uh, those in power do just give it to women. So they wanted to separate women from blacks, etc. Okay. But the march of civil rights movement was not just the march of black people. It was a march of poor whites also. And that those movements were rising in the early sixties and mid sixties. Yes, there was severe racism against black people. That's undeniable, but there was immense attacks on everyday poor whites. And that's also forgotten. Well, those movements were coming together. So the royalty at that time, the Kennedys, same thing. They didn't want to really address the fundamental issues of infrastructure. That's a real solution. Infrastructure in the inner cities, opportunities for poor blacks and poor whites, putting in proper educational systems, water systems, which, by the way, infrastructure is what leads to public health. That was never addressed. Instead, the Kennedy swooped in. They didn't like people like Malcolm X. They didn't want bottoms up leaders. So they chose Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was acceptable. He was a bourgeois black. He was a Southern Baptist minister. And if you go look at history, a Baptist minister, a black Baptist minister was on the top of the pecking order relative to everyday black people. So the royalty of the time, the Kennedys selected Martin Luther King And you can go read some of the very interesting writings. Malcolm X talks about how the March on Washington was a circus. It was organized by the SNCC and the Kennedys. And that was to project Martin Luther King forward. But more importantly, it was to project 
fake solutions to the fundamental real problems of infrastructure, which would have solved real racism. That never got done. What really got done was, okay, we have a, I have a dream speech. Statues get built for Martin Luther King. But fundamentally, what never got done was infrastructure never got built in the inner cities. And by way of example, right here in Boston, and you can look this up, today, Boston, the so-called center of Harvard and all the liberal elites, right in Boston, where you know John Kerry lives and all the elites live, in the heart of Boston, you have massive segregation still. The average net worth today in 2021, and this is by the Federal Reserve, and you can look it up, the average net worth of a black person and a, and a white person, and most of these are the Boston Brahmins, okay, is insanely a massive difference. The average net worth of a black person today in Boston is $8. Let me, let me repeat that a few times. The average net worth of a black person in Boston today is $8. And their counterpart, who's typically the John Kerry and those people's types, is $280,000, okay? So in the midst of all this liberal elite telling how much you're a racist, I'm a white supremacist, by the way, I've been called a white supremacist, right? They're the ones who perpetrate racism because they've never addressed the real issues of racism, which is infrastructure. And the real issues are poverty. And what's fascinating is after they projected Martin Luther King as their leader, when Martin Luther King said, you know what? Poverty is really the issue here. And when he spoke up against Vietnam, boom, few weeks later, Martin Luther King is assassinated. More importantly, if you look at Malcolm X, Malcolm X came from bottoms up. The elites never wanted Malcolm, Malcolm's real you know, uh, ideology about, hey, we need to empower black people. We need to put infrastructure in. That was never allowed. In fact, Malcolm X gave a very famous speech. He said, I believe there will ultimately be a clash between the oppressed and those who do the oppressing. But I do not believe that clash will be based on the color of the skin. That's after Malcolm X had broke from the black nationalists, black Muslims. He started realizing that the, the elites were the ones who were running and creating these conditions for divisiveness. And after Malcolm X gave that speech, within two weeks, he was executed. Okay. And by the way, we just found out today, yesterday, the so-called two people who were supposedly his killers were, did not kill him, okay? They were just, I think one of them was 80 years old or something. It's really unfortunate. It's clear the Hoover administration was behind the execution of Malcolm X. The point is that the elites create the conditions. They thrive on racism. And so when you put all this together, they want black people at the throats of white people. They have created the conditions. So if you think about this lawsuit verdict, yes, Kyle Rittenhouse was, you know, the jury did the right thing. But at the end of the day, what has it done? It has created this division, right? So you create the conditions of divide and rule. You never solve the real problems, which is infrastructure in the inner cities. You never address the real issues of poverty. You annihilate any real leaders that come from the people like Malcolm X who want to talk about the real issues. You annihilate even the fake leaders who they project like Martin Luther King when he does speak about the real issues. So you want racism. And what is racism? Racism, the real definition, which the elites at Harvard and Oxford will never talk about, real racism is using race for one's advancement, right? Using race, exploiting people. So you go among, the, as, the, as, the, as the elites did when they first came to this country, they had 
They said, they said stuff against the Native Americans. They said stuff against the blacks and the white settlers. They had them all fighting, right? So how do we do racism today? Okay, you play you in the same job, you pay a black person on the factory lines a little bit less than the uh, white person. You do that with women and men. So you have the quote unquote rats fighting against each other. So the conditions, racism is a very powerful vehicle for divide and rule. And this goes right back to the British crown. And remember, divide and rule cannot exist without censorship. And what we're witnessing right now in the United States is that government, as we showed in our lawsuit with the playbooks, government and big tech are one. They control social media. I think when people, John, I think when people were putting up videos of Kyle Rittenhouse, they were taken down off YouTube, right? Yeah, they were saying that was too violent. It was too violent. So you have the social media, big tech, Silicon Valley guys, and government have become one. That is what our lawsuit, you know, uh, John, can you bring me that diagram? Showed unequivocally. This is why our lawsuit got so hot for the judge to handle because I was unwilling, right there, John, unwilling, as you guys remember, I shared this diagram, which showed the entire censorship infrastructure. And that censorship infrastructure reveals that the censorship infrastructure in the United States was funded by the Atlantic Council. So again, everything goes back to Britain, the British crown, not the British people. There is a reason, as I've talked about, that this fool, this Duke of, the Duke and idiot of Sussex are here. They are here to bring back the milieu of America back to the concept of royalty. And so when you look at the Rittenhouse case, there's a long history that brings us here. We need to take a systems analysis. And it was good that the jury got it because everyday working people, the big hope we have in the world is working people get it. Working people do not want race war, but it is the elites who want race war. And we have to recognize left and right, both wings of the establishment perpetrate race war. So in the United States, one group says that racism doesn't exist. And another group, which is the left, therefore has owned racism. Let me repeat again. The Republican wing denies racism exists. Therefore, it's created a vacuum for the AOCs of the world, the, the Bernies of the world, to define what racism is. And they have defined racism as a few things. Don't use the N-word and support affirmative action. If you do that, you're not a racist. But forget people like Elizabeth Warren. Forget institutions like Harvard. Forget institutions like Oxford, which pit races of people against each other. They're the ones who create these conditions. They're the ones who've created the condition that they have pitted black you know, people against police officers. Why? Because they never put an in infrastructure into these inner cities. Infrastructure was never put in. Civil rights movement never addressed the issue of infrastructure. It never addressed the issue of the, uh, the destruction of family that started taking place because of poverty. So because of that, we live in a world right now on every issue, be it racism, every issue, when you take a systems approach, you will understand this, on every one of these issues, we get divided. And ultimately this division is about controlling working people. This is why, you know, when we teach the systems approach, this is why I keep saying the slogan that I want everyone to start John, you may want to type the slogan as, as I'm saying line by line, 
is we need to move beyond black and white. Beyond black and white. Beyond left and right. And working people must unite. Working people must unite for truth, freedom, and health. Right now, when you look at the jab mandates, the mask mandates, when you look at the censorship, you can't just look at these issues isolated. That's what the media wants you to look at. And they want to separate us. Pro-vax, anti-vax. Pro-jab, anti-jab. Pro-mask, anti-mask. Pro-big tech, anti-big tech. You see, the real issue is the censorship, the mandates, whether it be the jab or the diapers, they're all about controlling working people psychologically. That's what this is about. Thanks, John. Beyond black and white, beyond left and right, working people must unite for truth, freedom, and health. Put it up on the chat too, John. So that is a singular goal. Now, in order to do that, we have to take a big step back and we have to recognize that we need to take a systems approach. There is a science to this. And I can tell you without equivocation, those at Oxford and Harvard, these people are very clever people, very clever people. They have well-funded professors, well-funded policymakers who are thinking day and night, 10 steps ahead, how to create the conditions to divide us. Let me repeat this again. And you're looking at someone who got a bunch of degrees at MIT, has hung around with these academics. The academics of today are pay to play, but they are about control. They want to create narratives. So when you take the elite institutions at Oxford and Harvard, just go look at the demographics of the people who are professors there, most of them, who are creating these narratives of what is racism, for example. These people are thinking 10 steps ahead. They're not thinking just about Kyle Rittenhouse. They're not thinking about BLM or America First. They're thinking about creating conditions that the United States gets divided. It becomes a divided States of America. Why? Because their ultimate masters are elites, bankers, which ultimately, I'm gonna do more videos on this, go back to the British crown, okay? The British crown was devastated when they lost this country, when the First Amendment and the Second Amendment were implemented. No other country on the planet had those two things. That was a momentous event in human history. And ever since that point, there's been one country, only one country which has been wanting to devastate America. No, it's not China. No, it's not Iran. No, it's not North Korea. It's the British crown. The British crown is the one that occupied the United States after the Revolutionary War. They're the ones who burned down the White House. They're the ones who got us involved in World War I. They're the ones who perpetrated World War II. And they're the ones behind the censorship infrastructure in this country. It was funded by the British crown. The royalty still exists. Let's not be naive. And that royalty wants working people never to unite. They do not want black, white, yellow, us working people uniting. So they've created two wings of the establishment. That is by design. They've created, quote unquote, the legislatures and the governments and the judges. They do not want us organizing bottoms up because if the slaves organize bottoms up and if the son of slaves, you know, or indentured servants to be more specific, someone like me, happens to get all those degrees and happens to start putting together educational programs to start educating you, that is dangerous. That is why I encourage all of you to go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Understand that 
the only way out of this, and I can say this with utter conviction, is for you to get educated. Either get educated or be enslaved. That is the only way forward. It's not going to happen just by saying, I just want freedom, the First Amendment, and the Second Amendment. By the way, the First Amendment is gone in this country. It's not going to happen just by taking care of your health, you know, by saying, I'm just going to forget about everything. I'm just going to do my yoga and take care of my health. It's not going to occur through just innovating our way out of this through technology, Bitcoin, et cetera. It's not going to how it's happened. It's going to happen through a movement that intersects the movement for freedom, the movement for truth, and the movement for health. That is the only way. So those in power at places like Harvard and, and, and uh, Oxford know this. They spend day and night creating the conditions that leads to the spark of a, you know, a, 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 a jury trial, you know, in the Kyle Rittenhouse. Tomorrow it'll be something else. There'll be another Kyle Rittenhouse. There'll be some other condition. And they are waiting. So they have created the conditions without never addressing the real issues of racism. So you have blacks and whites against each other. And then eventually they hope there will be some spark that will create a real race war that will depress this country. And you know what happens then? Those people in power will buy the assets of this country. Ultimately, it's economic for a song. Britain, the British crown has so much wealth they've acquired over the last three to five years in their offshore bank accounts from all the money laundering they've been part of, okay? Mark my words, all roads lead back to the British crown. There is a reason that doofus Harry and idiot Markle are here, okay? This is about divide and rule. This is about destroying one of the most powerful events that took place in the world in human history, which was 1776, when the First Amendment and the Second Amendment were created. This was a devastation to the elites of the world. And it is censorship that is used to create divide and rule. In the Kyle Rittenhouse case, the media was unleashed to already make a decision. Why? It wasn't just against Kyle Rittenhouse, it was to create the division because then people, the conservatives, who support Kyle Rittenhouse to say, oh my God, CNN, they're, they're already predicting, you know, they're already crucifying him. It's to create that division, that dialectic. So I want, I'll come right back. I want John to play our next video because I want to talk about solutions, okay? The solution here, I keep repeating, is as my great-grandfather said, who was a poor indentured servant, a slave, he said he had very little money, but if someone in the village came and asked him for money to buy a book, or to go to school, he would gladly figure out some way to help that person. And the education we need here is a systems understanding. And it's taken me 50 years to put together that knowledge. That's number one. The other things we have to start talking among ourselves. We have to intersect. We, we as people have to lead. We have to think about what social media calls us, followers. No, we need leaders. So we've created a community. And we'll talk in the video, we'll talk about that. And then finally, each of you need to learn how to become activists on the ground. And, and I've created tools for that. So there is a real solution. And the only solution is to get educated with the knowledge of system science. So John is gonna play this video, which will give you the tools. We don't have to sit here, you know, thinking that there's nothing to do, that we have to take a left or a right. So John.
Hello, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Welcome to VA Shiva, the platform of education, technology, and activism, so you may raise your consciousness to win the truth, freedom, and health you need to create the future you deserve. The VA Shiva platform provides this truth, freedom, health warrior scholars the following three capabilities. Number one, an ultimate education that is based on the science of systems. Number two, technologies to empower you to take charge of your health, as well as social media tools, independent of big tech, so you can connect with other incredible truth, freedom, health warrior scholars equally dedicated like you to winning truth, freedom, and health. Three, instruments for activism so you become a beacon of light in your online and offline community to educate others' growth and advancement. VA Shiva provides you the foundations of the science of systems, the ultimate education. The science of systems provides you the missing fundamental scientific knowledge to understand every system in and around you. The science of systems will enable you to uncover the real problem and real solution in any situation and on any issue. Concerning the educational component, first you will receive direct access to me to learn the science of systems in my three-hour live private online group class that I run every week. Second, you will have access to archived lectures so you can continue your education independent of me. Third, you can test your proficiency in learning the fundamental principles and get a formal certification for the foundations of systems. Independent of this classroom education, you will receive also four important books. The first book is the best-selling classic Systems and Revolution from which you can learn all of these concepts and more. The second book is the science of everything that will educate you on how the science of systems is the foundational knowledge of every system in the universe. The third book, Your Body, Your System, focuses on how to understand the interplay of these systems within your own body. And then the fourth book, Your System, Your Life, will help you apply these principles to other aspects of your life, such as running a business, understanding relationships, and more. Beyond the curriculum and books, the second capability is the technologies that you will be afforded. One of them is a powerful Your Body, Your System software, which is an online laboratory where you can use your body as a system to further deepen your understanding of the science of systems. The tool allows you to understand what kind of system you are. Is your system on course or is it off course? And how the inputs of food, supplements, herbs, activities such as sleep, yoga, meditation, exercise can affect your body to bring it back on course. Finally, to support your education, I've also included a seminal scientific paper that I wrote which will help you understand that the knowledge of systems it does not only originate in the modern world starting in the 1920s and 30s, but it actually dates back 10 to 20,000 years and intersects directly with the foundations of Eastern Systems of Medicine. In addition to this, you will also get two scientific papers sharing how the science of systems can also be used to apply to understanding how food is medicine. One paper exposes turmeric from the molecular systems level and how it affects your body. The other paper explores ginger and how that affects your body. That's just the educational piece. As you raise your consciousness through this education, you will likely want to connect with other Truth, Freedom, Health Warrior Scholars in an environment where you can connect and build community. To support that, I've also created two powerful social media tools. One of them is a VA Shiva forum. Here you can start discussions. You can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is VA Shiva social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use VA Shiva social to interconnect with your fellow Truth, Freedom, Health warrior scholars and build community. Beyond the education capability and the social media capability, the platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline communities powerful educational cards and research are included so you can pass these cards to your friends and neighbors that provide them summarized content which further directs them to online research and education. In addition to this, the activism component also provides you many, many short one-minute educational video content, memes, and text allowing you to quickly craft messages for your Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and other pages so you can deliver content to educate others and drive them to longer educational posts on VHE. 
Shiva. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. All right, everyone. So I hope that was valuable. So look, when we do these videos, we want to do an analysis of a real situation, be it current or historical that we've been doing. But analysis can lead to paralysis if we don't actually have a solution. So when you consider what just happened with Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, obviously to his family and everyone, and uh, it must be a, a very, very a grateful day for them from this jury because his their son was properly acquitted, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see what happens after this. It was clearly self-defense. The people attacking him were, I mean, if you look at the background of these people, these people had all sorts of crazy criminal records before this. And he was a young kid who was there to essentially protect businesses. And that's what he was doing. But the more important issue there, as we just finished in, in conclusion, is we've looked at what led to this set of events. What led to this lawsuit, what led to the BLM uh, protests that were gonna take place, what led to this, and it all leads up to the real problem. When you peel away those layers and you look at those interrelationships, you find out that the real issue is that those in power never want to empower working people. They, it's about ultimately about freedom versus slavery, so slavery, or more specifically, it's about the forces of power, profit, and control versus the forces of truth, freedom, and health. It's not left and right. It's not black and white. It's about the forces of power, profit, and control by a small set of people who use all these institutions of academia. They use institutions of media. They have immense access to wealth. It is those institutions which control governments. They control judges. They control legislatures. And they use that to create these conditions. And the only way forward is first for you to understand this dynamic exists, for you to understand system science. And then for us to unite beyond black and white working people and to understand that we have to fight for freedom, we have to fight for truth and for health altogether. So anyway, anyway, I hope this analysis was valuable and I wish you all a good weekend. Be well, thank you.